0: with me i'm like in the background feeling all of that yay shout out to intro music i love it welcome 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 back to another information-packed episode on ready set real estate i'm so stoked and excited of course always about this information i listen when i am live and direct in the field as an active real estate professional broker I get to see what happens and why when things are fad online and TikTok and social media, everyone says, do this. And then I get to see the after effects and I go, don't do that. Don't I have my 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 uh Simpson moment, right? Don't <laughs> it's like don't don't do that, don't do that. All right. Before we jump into all that, listen, I want to, of course, open a show as always and we talk about your real estate goals. So let's go ahead and and oh by the way, we'll do today's discu- discussion classroom style. I've just got a quick little slide for us just to kind of keep us on on task, right? Keep my focus here because I'm telling you my my world war for real estate stories just yeah, it's it's wild out here. I've been saying this the market's shifting, things are wild. What does that mean? Agents go rogue. Sellers get desperate. Buyers are like, I mean, it's wild. It's wild, wild west out here. I've been saying this for some time. We've been expecting this. This is the market you've been waiting for. We've been expecting this. All right. Before I jump into that, make sure. Now hands down. Oh, oh, hello. We are in fourth quarter, y'all. Fourth quarter of 2022, 2022. 2022. I'm like, wait, what year am I in? Fourth quarter, make sure you're writing your real estate goals. If you have written down your goals consistently, uh, we are in episode 179 today, five years in. And um, it's just, we've just been on a turbulent ride. You've been hearing me discuss some things, but I want to share. Yes, we've executed a couple of real estate goals. I've got one that I'm working on. It involves expansion. So I'm excited about this. Stay tuned. I just got the paperwork back. And in fact, the paperwork was returned because I didn't meet the the cutoff time. But I again, I'm going to stick with it. I had this moment. I shared with my husband. And I was like, I don't even know if I should be doing it. Like (laughs) get out, get out of your head with that. Cut it out. It's on the board. We've been doing this. We said we were going to do it. So expansion is a goal. For us. All right. So make sure you write those goals, regardless of how small, how large, how in between it feels. Execute. Okay. Some of you shared the last time you're thinking about starting your own real estate business. I get a lot on the IG about, hey, looking to supplement my income, you know, I'm drawn to real estate, what can I do? And we talked about, you know, maybe property preservation, home inspection business. We've talked about, um, oh, retrofitting. So <clears throat> business in, in a box, they're they're out there, it's available. Okay. So that's my spiel about that. Of course, before I jump into show topic and content. I do want to give my disclaimer and then of course we want to shout out to our sponsor of today's episode. But the disclaimer of course regardless of what's going on because we do talk about real life experiences and you know I'm taking my experiences in the field and I'm bringing it to the forefront because we can learn from people's less lessons. I don't want to say mistakes, you know, because sometimes when people have ill intent ill intent, and they're they're set out to harm you, defraud you, misrepresent. I can't speak on that, but I can speak that it becomes a lesson. These valuable lessons we all can learn from. All right. So the disclaimer, of course, is information on this show is not meant to uh, be considered tax or legal advice. Of course, speak to those licensed reputable professionals uh, for the people in the back, licensed (laughs) reputable professionals to help you with your unique Situation. All right, welcome, Ahmed. He says I'm a new subscriber. Welcome, love it. New subs, drop new sub hashtag in the chat below. um This is really awesome because what's real cool for some of you who are new to me, and, and let me get into that. Right, you're like, who that? Who in the world? Who in the world? Well, my name is Lisa Gillette, also known as Super Agent. Believe it or not, once upon a time, I was live in character. Super Agent had a cape costume and I was traveling across the country. And I'm the first person in the country to teach real estate to children ages 10 and up. And now we do that collectively, collaboratively with uh, for-profit organizations, nonprofit organizations, and we run real estate boot camps. They have been live and direct prior to a couple years back when we kicked this off in 2016. Um, It was the book, Real Estate 100, the teen uh, home buying experience. And then we did part two, Real Estate 100, the teen and millennial investment blueprint. And we're working on part three and some other great stuff. And that's essentially what set me on the map in terms of Authority and public figure is that we were doing this work to inject real estate literacy, all right, real estate literacy to the forefront. So, my background does come from it being an active real estate professional, uh, 16 years and counting. Woohoo, woohoo. And uh, today, of course, broker owner of DeVenio Estates. I am certified, trained, and experienced in foreclosures, pricing strategy probates, which is my sweet spot, is uh, dealing with the estates and the decedents, uh, property, real property, and then kind of going through that motion, of course, that can and does involve wills and trusts. And I can do a whole segment on that stuff. And of course, we are going to see more of the short sale and foreclosure market come around. So we are certified and experienced in that. We are now in our, I guess for me, this is like my second cycle of that. Cynthia says, I love all your videos. So educational. I wish I found you a long time ago. I'm 35 and looking to purchase my first home soon. Cynthia, congrats. I'm here for you. I'm glad you're finding value. Thank you for sharing that, by the way, because it's almost like, you know, I don't want to be kept a secret. No, don't keep me a secret. So I appreciate you. I love it. I'm really excited for you. Uh, I think you've probably looked at the last couple episodes about DPA and just kind of how to leverage. Is it a good fit for you? DPA, by the way, is down payment assistance. So as you're looking to get into your first home, uh, definitely there were some good nuggets, especially last week. We talked about NHD, natural hazard disclosures. All right. So good stuff. Good stuff. I love it. I'm excited. Okay. So. Of course, you do know for all this free game, educational price of admission, of course, is what press one lets me know you hear press two lets me know you shared it. And of course, if I drop any real estate gem, give me that mic drop icon, just drop it in the chat below. Okay. Listen, we're on episode 179 when rent hacking goes bust we'll talk about more talk talk about more of this right after this sponsor break thanks guys That's a bestseller, by the way. Can you grab me that copy there? Just hand me that copy. I want to show you the... Thank you very much. Cool. This is a hard copy. So, of course, I had to do the hard copy edition of this book. I've really started to transition into buying the hard copy. I'm tactile. Uh, We do have the ebook of this. I've got... There's a link somewhere. You can kind of Google it, but also really like that. It's a short read and it's really easy to understand the flipping game. And so I wanted to make sure we shout out Anthony Lee, author, co-author, and he's doing amazing things. I'm going to bring Anthony back on the show because Anthony recently just bought his first apartment building. After doing and building his portfolio, he stepped his game up into the commercial. Sector. So we talk about residential real estate being one to four units for five units or more is commercial. So now you're paying the, you're playing the big boys and girls real estate game. We'll bring Anthony on the show to talk more about that. Um, and he's been hosting the investment blueprint workshops out in his hometown, which is Philly. And so I'm really excited about that. Michael says, I started watching your video a few days ago. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. I love the interaction. I love it when it's live, right? Of course, uh, as I say live, so if you miss us on the live, make sure you hashtag replay on whatever social media platform you're catching us on. So I know, right, because I get that little alert like, hey, someone's on, because you may have a question that I can circle back and I respond. It is me responding. I don't have Autobots, robots, iBots, none of that stuff. It's me, I come back, I respond. So feel free to make sure you let me know that you're on the live. Okay, very good. Let's jump into this. So I've got to share a screen share. Uh, as you all know, when we do classroom style, it just, you know, I'm visual. I, I'm a visual learner, as you can tell with that custom Monopoly board piece that I have back there. It's um, it's a custom edition that I actually made. <laughs> OK, let's find the slide so we can jump into this. Boom, what are we talking about today, Lisa? When hint, When rent hacking goes bust. How many of you heard of this thing, right? It was so popular. It seems very quiet now since the pandemic. No one's talking about it. But now I'm seeing the adverse effects that when rent hacking goes bust, what happens? And I'm going to change the names and information so that we can keep this in context, but we can all learn from it. Okay. All right. So rent hacking essentially is when you are renting a property that you do not own and it involves subletting, subleasing, right? So rent hacking, renting a house or bigger than needed. Uh, <clears throat> and sometimes it's with purpose and intention, not sometimes, all the times it's purpose purposely done. You go rent a property. And I've been, I was hearing, and I've noticed on my Instagram, I'm getting like these ads about, oh, I'm, you know, making six figures, renting out, you know, other people's houses. That's cool. That's cool when it works. Um, The concern is when it doesn't work, like during a pandemic. Myra says, great live. We love rent hacking. Awesome. So that means it's working for you. Myra, stay tuned because I've got a story today. And of course, Ready, Set, Real Estate is the the raw and uncut, the the booms and the bust of real estate, meaning this show is pretty raw in terms of not all the glitz and the glam and the shiny and exciting things, but of course, the stuff that involves legalities, legals, court, death, right? I've been saying my next book is going to be life, death, and real estate because I tend to be dealing with a lot of that. So good. Um, Myra, I'd love for you to chime in here too, because uh, as we talk about the positive and both the negative, right? Pros and cons. It's, you know, people are not shedding light on this stuff. So I've got a scenario here that I wanted to shed some light on. So rent hacking, great, great business when it's working for you, right? So renting it out, Bigger than uh renting a property bigger than needed, and you sublet or lease or rent out the other rooms. Again, this show very basic real estate terms and concepts. I'm not speaking above you. I want to speak with you. Okay, so I'm not gonna use all these real estate jargon that goes about above you, right? For those of you who's new to this concept, uh rental is based of course on your qualifications, right? So unless you're misrepresenting but you are putting yourself on the line and on the hook to carry that rental expense as opposed to housing and the mortgage expense cuz that's house hacking of course we can you know jump into that here on this in this book and then when Anthony comes we'll, we'll explore that more But we're wanting to focus on rental because it it became a big thing and it worked well. And then the pandemic hit. And if you were in a state that is pro-tenant, I'm in California, sigh, (laughs) I'm in California, pro-tenant. And and that doesn't mean that I'm not pro-housing. Of course, everyone needs housing, which is why real estate is a big business. Because at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day and during the day, people need housing. What is a concern is right now as we've exhibiting through the moratorium protections that California, by the way, still has protections for tenants through 2024. Did you hear me? 2024. That means that's four years of non-rental payment. <gasps> Who is carrying that? landlords. And now if you put yourself in a scenario like this, if you put yourself in a scenario like this, like I'm discussing of a situation where my client is looking to now um, release, uh, liquidate his assets by way of selling his property, we are in the process of liquidating his assets. And guess what? He co-signed to the rent hacking business for someone. He, he trusted and it was working. And then that person uh, ended up t- passing away. So when we talk about co-signing, folks, co-signing, what does that mean? What does it mean when we say co-signing? Huh? Drop that in your notes. Of course, we use a chat, bo- chat box as notes as well. Co-signing, what does that mean? When we are co-signing, you mean like a car? You co-sign for a car? Yeah. You co-sign for mortgage? You know, buying a house? Yes. Co-signing for an apartment or uh, renting a house? Yes. Shout out to ERGJ Enterprises for those of you who are tuning in on that show. Thank you. So co-signing. Essentially, you are a guarantor. You are a guarantor to that liability. What is the liability? The term of the lease, albeit month to month, six months, one year, two years. You are agreeing as a guarantor that you are going to pay this amount. So let's use an example $1,000. It's just example purposes $1,000. You and your friend, boyfriend, Uh, Spouse, girlfriend, BFF say this is a great thing. Let's jump into this. We can do this. You've got great credit. I've got great credit. Um, We've got some assets, meaning we've got some funds in the bank. We can carry the costs. Yeah, this is a good situation. This is why when landlords are considering renting it out, they are looking at what is called reserves. How much reserves do you have? Meaning savings. Can you carry this expense? in the event of job loss, death, divorce, right? Life, life. What happens in the event that COVID happens and you are impacted financially as we've seen the globe, right? And people are coming to now we're coming to, but if you're in one of these States that still has COVID protections and you sublet to them, right? You're running your rental house, rental hacking business, and they now don't perform and they no longer pay you. You are on the hook. And that's what we're starting to see come to the surface right now. Courts are inundated with UDs. What are UDs? Drop UD in the, in the chat below. That stands for our unlawful detainers right? That means that the landlord has decided um, they're going to reserve their rights, their legal right to sue you for the monies owed because why you signed a contract. You signed as a guarantor to this, but, 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 but wait, Lisa, I couldn't pay if the tenants couldn't pay me I can't pay the landlord. Okay. You know what the landlord says? Tough. My agreement is with you. You are on the hook for the $1,000. Although you agreed with the tenant, your sublet lease says they're going to pay you $2,500. Right? It was all good when you were grossing $1,500, 1500 not factoring out any expenses. It was all good until it's not, right? Again, <laughs> when rent hacking goes bust is now you're on the hook for this thing called a UD, which is why this is a high risk business, right? High risk. And some people may say, well, what if I use an LLC and what if I do this and what if, so right, if you then are structuring entities and your entities are being sued, again, be very careful with that. Again, this is not legal or tax advice, but you should be consulting a legal, uh, a legal representative or a tax attorney. Um, excuse me, a tax advisor regarding the implications and ramifications when you are setting up such an entity for this purpose. Okay. Because now here's the reality. If you owe no property, if you owe no property, I need you up close and personal right now. If you owe no property, you get a judgment against you. That means that it is decided, the court says yes, you are a breach of contract. Um, you owe this person monies, you're on the hook for $10,000 and you have a judgment against you. If you own no property, does it still impact you? You don't own you don't own any real estate. You've been subletting all these other houses and apartments and you know even if you did it in a business you dissolve that disappears but they managed to sue your name they managed to sue your name right would it affect you yes even if you own no property because the minute they record that in the county recorders or registrar's office and file an abstract of judgment on public record against your business your name that means one day one day when you want to buy something invest something accumulate something that skeleton shows up my lender partners who are tuning in or those of you who are lenders or loan officers know this right You say, oh my gosh, this person doesn't own any real estate, but they've got a lien recorded against them. Guess what? Before you can transfer property into your name, those liens have to be cleared. And we talked about this. What kind of liens? And I'll reiterate here, IRS, Franchise Tax Board, Child Support, Alimony, Judgments, got to be cleared they get their money off the top when you are transferring real property or conveying real property into your name okay we'll pause there let that marinate how are you feeling feeling about this john's tuning in he says can or should you house hack with a conventional loan um great question so with the conventional loan That particular loan doesn't, again, and let me disclaim, right, because I'm not a loan officer. So of course you want to speak to your loan uh, officer. We talked about FHA and conventional loans. So FHA, uh, and I'm going, this is me, right? This is me making sure that I give you enough information so you can, of course, fact check. Don't let Lisa lie to you. FHA loans are those government sponsored enterprises loans, and they usually have restrictions that you are saying that you are occupying this house as your primary residence, primary residence. Conventional loans have the same stipulation. You are saying that you are occupying this house, excuse me, um, to a degree. So here's the twist on a conventional loan. What type of conventional loan? Okay. Because there are conventional loans out there, like there's a great loan product out here. That I've been utilizing for clients that puts three percent down with no PMI, no private mortgage insurance, uh, insurance, which is essentially saving the equivalent of a car note. And so the stipulation on that says that you are saying that you are occupying this property as your primary residence for at least twelve months. So you should be asking and making sure that you are consulting with the lender professional. What are the terms of my loan? Can I, do I have to live in this house for X amount of months, years without penalty, without breaching, without causing them to call the loan due because I messed up? Check with your lender and your consultant before doing this. John, that was a great question. I I, I appreciate that. Um, I trust that would answer that and clarify that again, understand the loan products that you're utilizing for these types of investments and purchase. Okay. So that again was a whole a house hack question. Although we're talking about rental hacking, this is not on, you know, doing it with your mortgage. Richard says, I would love to see a video about how to choose a good investment property is location key. I would absolutely agree location is key. Um, I will definitely mark that down now. So let's talk about, I'm not going to do it on today's segment. So we will make a note for next show. I'm going to write this down right here. Choosing your investment property. Note to self for next show segment. Location, location, location. So Richard, when you see that episode come up, that is dedicated to you and all those who are interested on choosing your dime piece. In fact, it's actually a chapter in this book, how to choose your dime, right? Location, location, location. Because I've also heard people say about investing in out of area, right? Do you have a team out of area? I've gotten calls where people say, you know, we we thought it was low, the rents looked good and we're not familiar with the location, and then they were subjected to other expenses that come with managing or trying to manage a property where they're not so close. So we'll stay tuned for that. Great question, Richard, and thank, thank you for that request. All right, so revisiting the house, excuse me, the rental hacking. So now you've got a UD, I'm gonna put that back up here, unlawful detainers, which means um, it goes bad. And so now you're trying to move forward and acquire something, invest in something, and you've got a UD recorded. So guess what? When you're in a settlement transaction or an escrow transaction, they run a name check. Uh, It's called a statement of information, right? The S-I or S-O-I and the statement of information asks... Or your name, address, social, date of birth, who you who have you been married to? Were you married? Have you been married? Are you widowed? Where have you worked for the last 10 years? Where have you lived for the last 10 years? Why? Because they're wanting to check your information against against any public records or liens or judgments that would be recorded on file. Unless you're going to change your entire identity to avoid the mess that you potentially get yourself involved in with something like a UD or when your business deal goes wrong, it's um, a little bit more involved to try to clear that up properly, right? Like do it the right way. This is why we talk about this stuff. Do it the right way. So once they run that statement of information on you, it will come back. And here's what we should understand. There's such a thing with the unlawful detainers being closed and confidential, meaning it may not show up because it's a confidential uh, case like child support. Child support cases are confidential. It's not public record unless you have you know, access, special access to that information. Same with the UD, unlawful detainer. So once an abstract of judgment is recorded, you will need to deal with it. If you're looking to move forward in life albeit acquisition investments, selling or buying real estate, it will come up and you've got to deal with it. So I recommend that you be very, very careful when you are getting yourself involved, especially with not understanding what the market could potentially do. Don't over leverage. Yes, people have been saying OPM, right? Other people's money. Let's leverage, leverage someone else's property, rent it out and rent it out for more. That's what this rent hacking business is. But now as we are in the midst of watching the market do something different, are we prepared? In fact, um, I was reading Opendoor is taking a 56% loss on their earnings for the third quarter. Essentially, they're going to take the loss to try to make good on the contracts that they acquired or picked up those properties at whatever price they did. And usually it was high because we saw this pandemic boom do amazing things for sellers. And so they anticipated out by way of their algorithms and their data that they would be able to sell those properties for a profit. However, what they were not expecting was Jerome Powell, our federal chairman, say, scratch I'm pumping the brakes on this housing market and we need to cool it down. In fact, his word said, we are going to reset. And so with rates uh, inching upwards of 7% and they're projecting to 8% within three years, we, looks like he might make it happen in two years because we're already at, you know, 6.7 some places. Depends, you know, who your lender, what loan product. With all that saying, not anticipating that price was going to be impacted in such a way at this time. Right. So we are noticing people are taking this loss. And with that loss comes high risk and things like lawsuits. So I wanted to bring this to the forefront for those of you who have been the on the rental hacking and the market is doing what it's doing. And you may be in a state that may be pro tenant, have these COVID protections. That is still in play until 2024 in some states, and some localities. So heads up, tighten up. All right. Make sure you've got sufficient reserves. Check with your local ordinance, uh, excuse me, check with your county, your city, and your state regarding. Um, and here's the thing. You can't even benefit from this if you're the tenant who sublet it to someone else. Um because the programs and the money's designed is for the landlord, right? It's the landlord and the tenant, the tenant who's attesting and saying that they've been occupying this property. But if you're not occupying it and you've been running it as a business, that means you're out of luck with trying to take advantage of some of these programs where they could pay the, the rent. Okay. All right. With that, I say any comments, questions, and feedback. I like today's episode short sweet, powerful. Any topic suggestions or new guests, please make sure you tag and share. We'll do our research, homework and due diligence and see if they're a good fit for our show and have them come on and share their experience. And again, don't have to be an expert. It could be someone who just purchased or kind of went through a loan Uh, process and just want to just shed some light on what is it like, right? Because going through loans, the loan application is probably one of the most intimate things that you will experience if you're doing it for the first time. Why? Because they uncover all your spending habits, what you've been spending on. They want all pages of your bank statements. That is if you have not set aside money and maybe a pension or a specific savings account, because I've also given you that tip we only want to see the money for where the source of down payment and closing costs is held or seasoned. All right. We don't have to see all your business, but if you keep it together, then we've got to look at it and it's very telling and it, you know, that again, makes you feel co- comfortable. Oh my gosh. You're going to, you know, see everything. Miss Coleman says, yes. Thank you. Inspiring me and educating me so much. Love it. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next week on another information-packed episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate. You guys take care, be safe, and we'll see you next week. Bye.